<laughs> now recording. Sweet. Uh, welcome to Fencing by the Books, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at, uh, normally it's German Longsword, but today uh, it's Vardy Longsword, because today's an extra special episode, an interview with Connor Kempkow, is that right? That is correct, yes. Hooray. I, I'm prepped for this, honest. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Connor's recently put out a book about Vardy. I bought it. It's pretty interesting. And I've, I just want to thank you for being on the show and talking about what you do. Um, thanks, for, thanks for having me, Mike. Fucking, I, I love this podcast, and it's <laughs> great to be here. Wow, somebody listens to it. Or do you just like the idea of it? <laughs> Both, both. That's uh, uh, as, as soon as I found out about y'all getting started with this, because you know most most clubs in my general area are already all KDF clubs, and uh, it's just it's just you. I have to interface, and I would rather be informed than not. And also, I just love learning about fencing, so I listen to all y'all y'all y'all's work from the very start till till when you guys ended. Sweet. So so whereabouts is the local human community where in the world are you um i live in a distinct um dimension uh cast into what you know as time and space called Uh, philadelphia amazing yes so so i've heard of philadelphia but like many people outside the united states all that i know about it is that that's where will smith was from before he had to go to the west coast live with his aunt and uncle you're damn right. And I lived in I lived in West Philadelphia for a period of time. I did. Um, what, what? I did not shoot any b ball, but I did fence on on basketball courts. Nice. Did you get in any trouble outside of school? Nope. <laughs> not 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 one bit. I'm a good boy. Don't worry. Oh, well, you say you're a good boy, but I think we need to address three things straight off the bat. One you've already alluded to, which is that you're not a an early Lishan how a longsword fencer. You fence Vardy. Uh, the second one of which is that you vape, and the third thing is that you're left-handed. How do you plead? No recording. Creepy bot is back. All right. So where do we leave off? Um, I was accusing you of being left-handed. I think that that's where we were too. You're you're, you're damn right you did, and uh, I'm I'm guilty as charged. That's that that's very true. Um. So. Um. <laughs> Let's go with a quick fire round just to get our listeners uh, a sense of who you are. Do you sure. drink beer? I do, in fact, yes. What kind of beer? Uh, I my my favorite beer is Guinness, and if I cannot have Guinness, then I I'm okay with IPAs. Um, uh, I like sours. Uh, I saw you I saw you ask the Pilsners. I'm I'm okay with Pilsners, but eh, but okay. uh, if your friend goes to the bar and gets you a beer without asking what you want. What is the worst beer that they could come back with? Fuck. Um, probably gonna have to go with Michelob Ultra. Oh no, you know what? Actually, no, no, no. M- M- Michelob is so neutral that it's completely fine. I'm gonna have to go with like Bud Light, Budweiser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. just can't, just can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, how long have you been doing Hema? Ah, shit. You know, uh, in total, I would say about five years. I got started working uh, in the emergency department at the same time that I got started fencing. So, yeah, it's, it's about five years. Were the two related? Um, no, uh, I, I moved to, I moved to, to Philly to start working uh, at a level one trauma center. Um, 
And uh, while I was here, I, I found I found Hema, so that happened. Uh, <laughs> when you amazing. say level one trauma center, that sounds pretty horrific. Is that like an accident, an emergency type situation? Oh yeah, you know, gunshot, stabbing, car accidents, you name it. I've seen it and taken uh, care of it. Ah, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You're not really doing well selling Philadelphia to the the global audience. I've got to say. Oh, you know, well. It's the truth. <laughs> in your, in your, but Philly is Philly is absolutely wonderful. You know, they, uh, my 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 work aside, uh, I I I love I love the city. It's great. I, I was going to say that in your your Vardy book, there are a lot of very nice color photographs of your interpretations, and they all seem to be in graffiti painted underpasses. That so. is a hundred percent correct. Yes. Um, next question. Which would you rather fence? One Steve sized TQ or four to six TQ sized Steves? One one Steve sized T. I would be fuck like are, are we talking like naked sharps here or just fencing fencing? Um I'm I'm pretty sure that naked with sharps never happened. So let's go with fencing fencing. Well, either way, it would be incredibly fun. Um, but because I don't want to actually absolutely be destroyed and maybe have a chance at winning, I'll go with one one Steve size T. <laughs> <laughs> I I fence with Steve enough to know that like four to six of him, e- even if they are T sized, is a bad is a bad thing. It's a bad thing. Um, uh, so you got into Hema when you came to Philadelphia five ish years ago. Were you sort of pre-primed for Hema? What what got you into it? And how was okay, it Dungeons and Dragons? So so, so yes, uh, fucking. Am I allowed to curse? Uh, yes. Okay, I don't, so I don't even think we're on Apple Podcasts. So. Yeah, uh, I'm a, I'm a big fucking nerd. Like you said, um, I I got I got started with Hema because of Dungeons and Dragons. I um, like two years before I moved to Philly. Before I moved to Philly, I. Um, was with a group of friends and I was trying to learn how to describe sword combat better. So I looked up like long sword fencing, medieval fencing on, onto the YouTube. And I found uh, the work of Anton Kodovic, um going yeah. through like the RDL plays like super hardcore. Uh, I, if you have seen those, I, I'm sure that you've probably seen those videos. Have you seen those videos? Yes. Yes, yeah. I have. I saw that shit and was like, that's what the fuck I want to do. <laughs> but uh, I was, I'm originally from South Jersey, like a small town called Cape May. It's like literally at the very tippy end of, of New Jersey. Um, and so there were no HEMA clubs nearby me. So I was just watching YouTube videos. I didn't really practice anything on my own when I was, when I, when I first found out about HEMA. Um, but then when I moved up to the city, um, uh, myself and an ex of mine went down to Dragon Con uh for like like one time and while we were there we ran into the atlanta fry factor who were teaching a like a like a very basic long sword workshop and i was like oh yeah that's the thing i like i wanted to try that i'm gonna do it and you know when i got back from that event i looked up a local hema club nearby me and it turns out they were fucking 20 minutes away and it's been history ever since sweet um and are there, there are lots of clubs in the, the Philly region. I've seen some of Steve's fencing in the park type videos that seem to be pretty well represented with different organizations. 
Well, yeah, well, you know, like it's it's uh, like PCFG, which is my club, our club in the Philadelphia Common Fencers Guild. You have Bucks Historical Longsword North. You got um, just over the bridge and Cherry Hill. You have Crossings Fight School. Um, and like we're all friends. We all talk to each other. We are in like our own Discord channel. We like kind of like loosely co- uh, like collectivize ourselves together, you know, and there's a lot of inter- interplay and interchange between all of us. And it's great. You know, like the, the, the Philadelphia area, when it comes to HEMA, I, I like to call it a like a paradise. Like we are so fortunate to have all of like the people that we have all in one space working together and, and be as cool as they are. That sounds pretty utopian. Meeting up under underpasses to have sword fights. The HEMA dream. Indeed. Yeah, no, there, uh, when, when COVID, uh, kind of like, like when our first lockdown got lifted, we would meet up under a, uh, a skate park under in an, un- like that's underneath of an underpass in South Philly called FDR skate park and fence out yeah. there. And it was fucking awesome. It was loud as hell because there was cars just flying by o- overhead all the time, but it was, it was a great time. Look, this, this is just my prejudices coming out, but you're not worried about the police driving by and shooting you. Um, no. <laughs> nah, usually no, nobody nobody bothers us. No nobody gives us any kind of any kind of fucking uh, no nobody pays us any fucking mind. We just do our thing and mind our own business and most people do the same thing. Sweet. Um next question, super serious. Which one of the 20 Space Marine Legions do you identify with the most? I don't know jack shit about Warhammer. Enough. Another not Warhammer person. Fair enough. I was speaking to. Like, uh, have you heard of Harry Bridgeway from Melbourne? I can't say I have. No. Ah, okay. Ah, I, I was chatting with him the other day, and he is like a a deep nerd. He's making tank simulator video games and stuff, and he was just like, "Yeah, no, nah, Warhammer don't get it." So. Like I, I know enough about it because you know I'm I'm a very online person, so I know I know a lot of fucking Warhammer memes just like <laughs> off off the bat. But and I and because of that, and like I've I've played in like Warhammer RPGs before, but like they would like the lore was never really deeply explained to me. And when I when yeah. I learned about it, I was like, oh, this shit's depressing as fuck. I can't keep reading this. <laughs> yeah, it started out like take of the Maggie Thatcher years. <laughs> like yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> Um, more more him related now. Uh, you compete in longsword, right? Indeed, I do. Yes. Do you enjoy it? Oh yeah, I fucking I love competing. Like, uh, there there's there's nothing to me more fun other than like reading the source material and working that out and like talking to people about it, than mm-hmm. like taking what you've like constructed from like all of like this process that we use. And then going and then hitting somebody in the face with it while you have like your stress, your stress levels like tied up to 11. Yeah. It's definitely like type two fun, isn't it? Maybe not immediately enjoyable at the moment. Like I, I'm, I'm very used to very high stress environments as mm. it is. Um, and because I focus a lot better under those types of pressures it's a bit easier for me i would say um sometimes it does get the better of me for sure but um mm-hmm. i i love competing i really do as as a trained medical professional do you think that long sword is healthy uh, mm, uh, i wouldn't say so 
<laughs> yeah. Like, like, like. Don't get me wrong. Longsword is is very good for the body because you're moving, and we need more people to be active as it is. And like, I think that Hema is a very good channel for that. Um, but you know, repetitive uh, trauma to the to the head involving yeah. like thrusts that 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 tilt back the spine um and like very strong blows to to people's faces um you know just kind of concussions waiting to happen um like yeah i'm 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 not a doctor (laughs) i'll i'll say that first and foremost i i like but yeah no i don't know if that's necessarily the best thing in the world (laughs) yeah um Less seriously, after that downer. Uh, what's your favorite band? Okay, are we talking like like um, are we talking like just like music musical group or like band with like guitars and drums and stuff like that? Because it's very important. <laughs> uh, okay, what is your your uh, favorite musician or group of musicians? My favorite group of musicians is Death Grips. Um, Death and grips. yes, death grips. And my favorite kind of more traditional band like favorites are King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Okay, I'm quickly looking up death grips, and <laughs> I think. Oh my god, <laughs> this is this is beyond me. I think. I think I need some more head trauma before I'm on the same level as that. <laughs> No, uh, you'll 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 like it if you if I introduce you to the right ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it goes. Yeah, maybe maybe not. <laughs> yeah, he, he, uh, for anybody who knows Death Grips, he's listening to the Guillotine right now. I think. <laughs> yes, yes, that was what came up first on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that that one's that one's pretty popular. I, I like that song a lot. <laughs> uh, next question. You mentioned earlier that. Uh, uh, Anton Kahutovich and the the Trinava fencing groups videos helped to get you into Hema. Do you have a, a current Hema crush? You know, my 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 everlasting Hema crush is Ardo Fama. Um, I can watch Ardo Fence any day of the fucking week. Um, but like, my 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 if 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 I'm going for for a new updated updated uh like person, I love to watch Fence. 2021 um, edition 2021 edition it'll probably be it probably be federico malaguti like I, I i talked to to federico a decent bit and like just like seeing his like progression and like focus kind of like shift in different places like watching him fight has been really interesting and because he's also like another like a, like northern italian like style fencer it's it's great to see other folks that that do similar stuff to me get out there and, and look pretty you know cool Sweet. Um, he's active on YouTube. I'm fairly sure that most of our listeners will be familiar with him, but the Italian connection definitely makes sense. All right, that ends the the quick fire question round. On to the in depth discussion. How many hours have you got? As many as we need. <laughs> cool. Um, so you published a book on Vardy recently, wielding the light of Mars together with Ian M. Davis. And it's on Vardy Longsword. Could you explain for our listeners who Vardy was? Um, okay, so the, the TLDR for you, the too long didn't read, um, was uh, Vardy was a fencer uh, 
from Pisa, uh, who was at some point Le- connected. Leaning Tower of Pisa. Yes, Leaning Tower of Pisa. Um, who is at some point in some way, we don't really know, connected to or or had some initiation into the tradition of Fiore de Libieri, who wrote the Flower of Battle, um, but was 80 years, like wrote his text 80 years post Fiore. So we're talking a bit more of an evolved or like branched off kind of uh, kind of uh, perspective. Yeah. Um, and and context to to what Fiore was talking about. Um, Vadi focuses almost entirely on the longsword. He does not have that kind of uh, similar progression to Fiore, where he talks about everything um, and then uses it holistically. No, no. Vadi focuses strictly on the longsword, and that's his bag. Um, and he he even says that in the book. Um, and the book was written likely as an attempt to. Uh, uh, land himself a fencing gig um, at like one of the most um, enlightened or like humanistic uh, courts um, in Italy during the time, which was the court of Urbino. Um, and that, was that like the the Est family, or he actually likely came from working with the Dieste family um, okay. are... uh, to working with the the Montefeltros, who were like another sect of like military condottieri badasses. Yeah. And otherwise there are a couple of other bits of biographical evidence that he existed, which is a KDF guy is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no, we, 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 we know a, a little bit about him, but we really don't know a lot. Like there, there is very few pieces of information that we really have to scrounge together who Vadi was unlike Fiore, where we have him like at different places and times and stuff like that. Um, we have references to him in different poetry and songs. Um, we also have references to him, uh, uh, another another Vadi fencer, Jamie McKeever, um, like discovered like these poems that were written uh, or like collaborated. I mean, uh, excuse me, these these poems that were like collected and then like um, made into a compilation like from from the period, um, which which were likely written by Vadi, and they're all like really really bad apparently. Uh, <laughs> like every bad, Italian bad, speaker bad that I've seen. Where have I heard that before in Hema? Oh yeah, right. <laughs> it seems to be an ongoing trend. Um, and there, there's also a weird medal from Venice, isn't there? Like a yeah, medallion. yeah, the uh, the the medallion, yeah, the um, the Boldu, uh, the Boldu medal, which is like in- interesting because we we have like documents of other people having those kinds of like medals coined for them. Some of them are folks who were like in university. Some of them are like condottieri who are like, Hey, you know, this is, this is my, my, my job. This is my profession. Here's my calling card kind of deal. At least as far as I understand, I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and it looks like, at least to to my guess, that that image that's on the back and that what what's on the cover of the book is either like a family crest of some sort or some type of family device that they use to teach fencing. Yeah, it's weird. So, is this the one that's replicated on the cover of your book? With Correct. Yes. A half sorting. Like, look at. You know, just just like open chest with like the Alantica shoulder shoulder pads, and he's got yeah. a snake arm. Yeah, <laughs> and a castle foot and a sun foot, and is that a key coming out of his calf? Whack! 
all over the place. Looks, I, I, I love the car though, uh, and I, I love that. that. Well, you know, I, there, there's so many uh, like allusions to uh, what you might call it. Yeah, kind of like the the language of imagery or like allegory. Yeah, like there's so many like references to like the key, like 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 to the legs being keys or like the legs being scales. You know, where like it opens and closes this the situation, or like they open mm -hmm. and close together. It's it's all over the place in in like long sword fencing. Um, what kind of format was Vardy's book in? So, it it's it's it goes like preface where like he kind of like denounces or like like dilutes or excuse me words divulges that that's the yeah. one i'm looking for <laughs> where he like d divulges like uh in kind of a classic fury style way like oh yes i've traveled many places and learned from many masters and this is why i'm super cool and good let <laughs> me show you <laughs> um, i had that before uh, and then from there, he breaks into the the 16 introductory chapters, which are the entirety of his um, uh, perspective tactically and technically on how you're supposed to fence. Um, once that is concluded, uh, he has the, the Senyo, which is the guy that's on the cover, um, and then another one, which is like the cuts. Um, and then he breaks into a single, a singular, a singular Largo play, just like a singular, like wide fencing play, um, which is just like fencing at the sword. Um, and then uh, a whole bunch of wrestling uh, at the sword plays. And that, um, that, that's how it's broken down. Those plays are illustrated mostly after Fiore. Um, so it's interesting. There are a lot of them that are almost one for one, but there are uh, many ones that are different. Um, the, the perfect example I usually use to kind of like point that out. Um, and this is strictly speaking for the longsword. Um, the uh, armored fencing plays that that body has in there, which he does have, along with like the miscellaneous plays, um, a lot of the dagger plays. Um, are almost one for one from Fiore, but strictly speaking about the longsword for the moment, because that's that's my yeah. area of expertise. That's all um, we care about on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, even though all that shit is also cool, and I want to learn it, um, it's it's different enough to where you can point out like a, a, a like different series of of what's going on in there and be like, that's not Fiore. Um, at least when it comes to the wrestling and in the uh, introductory chapters to take it a step back. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I would say pretty different from Fiore with like accents and features that uh, represent and kind of allude or like give a nod to Fiore's initial style of fencing mm -hmm. um, while also being its own thing and maybe having a little bit of influence of Bolognese kind of like spiced in there. Um, but I only know so much about Bolognese stuff, so I can't really conclude anything on that for sure. <laughs> um, so, so this this book was fourteen seventies, fourteen eighties, around fourteen eighties, about yeah. uh, if I recall, like fourteen eighty two to fourteen eighty seven, somewhere around there. Uh, and Fiore was, let's say, fourteen hundred, fourteen ten. When do we start seeing Bolognese text? Uh, like Filippo Filippo Darty, I believe, is around at this time, who is like kind of like the figurehead of bolognese fencing um yeah. and 
like if 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 there's anything to be known or assumed you know um i would say that like the tradition of bolognese fencing was certainly around and going on in that time period um even if we don't have anything written from there um so one of the things i always find interesting when looking at fencing systems is that it's very easy to find things which are similar like blah 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 blah, human bodies the same all over the place yeah you're going to see the same throws crop up in different wrestling traditions but it's how systems systematize how they they break down and they understand the action and we've spent god knows how much time on fencing by the book talking about indes and boar and nah how does vardy kind of process timing in fencing well you know he's he's got probably my my obviously he's my i'm a bit biased here but he's probably got my favorite take on how to on how to like um extract a tempo and hit the opponent um the way that body works is that um you know tactically speaking he wants you to align yourself to your opponent kind of assess what guard they're in um and then um either probe them or attack them with um either a direct attack, uh, a feint, or like uh, a provocation of sort. Um, the difference between those two being uh, one is provoking a defensive reaction, the other one provoking an offensive reaction from your opponent, you know? Yeah. And in that and in that time, um, either forcing a situation where your opponent um, is um, only solely focused on offense or defense, and then in the midst of them doing that, hitting them. Um, and generally speaking this is done with uh this is called mesotempo or half tempo um and this is done at the half sword which is a particular measure kind of like in between being like in um in wide measure and being in like wrestling measure like just like right in between there um constrained you could say um so so bolognese fencing from what little I've been exposed to. It seems to be all about not committing, but provoking and um, trying to not put yourself in danger. Um, Whereas you could argue that Lushenhauer is the opposite. It's all about forcing a situation that you can then excel in. If that makes sense. Yes. Yes. So accepting risks. Um, And, Vardy's, I don't know what you call it, strategy is then what somewhere in between. Oh yeah, I, w- I would say so. Um, you know, like I, I see, like at least looking at like what I because I I've started I've started so I've started working with the Bolognese texts because the side sword has become very very fun to me. Um, and uh, also I want to understand kind of like where longsword goes from Fiore and Vadi into the next iteration. Um, but looking at all three of these things together, um, Fiore, Vadi and, and Bolognese, um, Vadi does kind of strike that, that nice in between area, um, that I think works very well for us in our modern fencing Mm. game. Um, because he, wants you to get into a place where you are like you are threatened yes like you you have to keep your keep your mind towards what's going on or else you're going to get hit in the fucking face um but uh 
it's it's all about constrained play. It's all about fencing in the pocket, very close to your yeah. opponent. It, it's not it's not very wide range gained, uh, or wide range focused. Yeah. Um, he does have stuff that is better suited for you playing from fur- further away, but it's all in uh, service to setting up so that when you do get into the place where you want to fence, you can hit them very easily. <laughs> cool. Um, and in terms of that most dangerous of words, tempo, is he breaking down the timings like the classic way in that uh, a timing, a tempo is the, whatever the amount of time it takes to, to do an action? Or is he nice and vague? Uh, he's nice and vague, but um, we 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 uh, at least I operate on the general assumption that a tempo was a tempo, and we all know what a tempo is. So we all yeah. nod our heads in in agreement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and like the the way I kind of describe like Vadi's fencing style is like you're you're doing these things to squeeze out like this itty bitty little like piece of timing where your opponent is like like I said, just solely focused yeah. on either defense or offense, and you fucking hit them in between that shit. <laughs> Sweet. Um, next question. Earlier, you mentioned that you think that the the intention behind his book was to score a, a paying gig at a humanist court, and you also uttered the magic words earlier: modern fencing game. Yes. What kind of purpose do you think his fencing was for? What what kind of context? Oof. So. Yeah, no, this is this is a hard one, but it's it's a fun one. It's a favorite, right? Like, um, I I don't prescribe to Mad Max Murder World uh, mm-hmm. theory, <laughs> um, but like, I I think that you know Vadi speaks, um, even though he does not clearly say it to kind of two particular, um, like contextual uh, situations of violence. One being a more preordained, if like maybe not necessarily judicial, but certainly like a bit more like. Hey, we got beef. Let's go fucking squash this shit. Yeah, type, kind of like type. ritualized. Yeah, ri- more more ri- more ritualized fencing, um, and a bit more brawly, self defensey kind of in the streets. You could say, yeah. but like that's a bit more less defined than than what the entirety of his book is focused on. He he very clearly is speaking to the art of fencing, like that that that's what that's what he's talking about, um, and so. It's it's my assumption that it's a little bit of all of that, right? Like, you know, uh, and and the one the one big one that I didn't say uh, is fencing for fun, which happened all of the fucking time, all over the place, because fencing yeah. is great and all of us love it, uh, even back then. Uh, so you know, uh, it's 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 a little bit of all of that. Um, you know, it's very likely that that Vadi was a condottieri, um, uh, or just like 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 yeah, it's very likely that that Vadi was a condottieri, um, and there is a lot of incidents of like skirmishing and, and minor squabbling between like mercenary forces all over Italy during that period. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's very likely, even though we do not have accounts of of people getting into uh, this very particular instance of longsword fencing unarmored uh, for for it happening in some kind of way, but. Until we have like more solid, concrete evidence of that happening, we just kind of gotta shrug our shoulders and be like, "We don't fucking know, dude." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. What's your favorite play in the book? 
Okay. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, as, as, as has happened so far, um, I'm going to break it down into two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of them is not your traditional sword play. The other one. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, one of them is the one that I'm trying to work on right now. Um, because, uh, grappling has kind of like exited my game, um, except in very particular circumstances. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's not to say I don't grapple. I love grappling. I love wrestling. Uh, but I, I have a bread and butter way of getting to like my typical kind of like disarm or, uh, or like just like stab them, cut them, pommel them, um, way. And I'm trying to work more into my repertoire. And that play is like this, um, really, really cool. Uh, like I would say it's like a hilt trap on the blade of the sword of the opponent. Like you both bind, um, and then mm-hmm. in the process of binding, you let go of your backhand, um, and then rotate it around their blade, um, so that your uh, opponent's blade is in between your hand, your wrist, and your hilt, and you you then half sword your own sword and then stab them in the face, um, or you throw them to the ground. Uh, yeah. I'll have to I'll have to show you the plate later because I it's it's very difficult to describe. Um, uh, I think I'm guessing. An idea of the the one so is that kind of where for a right-handed person you're going to the left so you're going to the well that'd be the outside you're you're bound you're bound um uh, it's funny you mention that because the plate is actually a lefty versus a righty uh (laughs) um but (laughs) yeah yeah uh but um it's it's a it's a, it starts off as a bind right to right, like from like two right-sided actions. Um, and then it works. You, you like, you do like that, like, um, letting go and like, like, like swirling of the hilt onto the opponent's blade from right to, from right to left over top. Um, but my, my favorite action that's a lot easier for us to talk about (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um and the one that i use all the time like i i cannot i i, I do not fence without it anymore um is is like the mesotempo cut like mesotempo you can kind of break into two distinctive things the first one is a concept of like attacking an opponent in the midst of their defense or offense which we've already discussed and the second is um an action where you hit the opponent behind the blade um, and this comes in like a um, a variety of geometries. It's mostly kind of like we suspect to be vertical. Um, you, you know, as as RDL fencers, your listeners are probably very familiar with the Duplirin. Yeah. Um, and this is basically kind of the same thing. Um, it can be almost vertical, like like from a Fendente or an Oberhau, um, or it can be almost horizontal behind the opponent's sword, like a um, uh, like a middle how um or a or a Mizzano, volante and sometimes you can even get it to be like a rising blow you know the the fulcrum of attacking the opponent that's very particular way when uh, uh when you're bound in in the specific bind that you get um it's really up to just how they try to defend and then you can get behind it very very quickly and, and easily this is a controversial question does vardy sure. have fair house I don't believe so. I don't believe so. <laughs> nah, I, I, Fiore, Fiore ain't got ain't got swear. I don't think I don't think Vadi got swear. <laughs> Excellent. Um, sweet. Let's take a little break away from from Vardy and the text. Thank you for taking the time to explain it. 
Yeah, of course. Hopefully I did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> and let's move on to your book, since uh, since that's what we're all here to shill. Wait, what? Um, <laughs> so it's a very nice looking book. Uh, what is this? A4 size letter, whatever the young equivalent of A4 is. Nice coloured reproduction of the Vardy book in the second half. And the the first half is your interpretation of it. Is that right? Correct. Um, there's also like the intro, which Ian did, um, and it's like kind of like a contextual dive into the yes. to the to the stuff. Um, and then later on, he also has his own um, additional commentary on the uh, on the dagger plates um, in the in the far far back as well. Um, oh, that's showing how much research I did, isn't it? <sighs> Terrible. Um, it's all good, how, baby. How how long did it take you to make? What was the process? So you know, I uh, like when, when when lockdown happened first year in the states. Um, I never stopped working. You know, I I, I worked through the entirety of the pandemic. Um, and thank God I didn't get sick. You know, I'm, I'm a I'm a yeah. frontline worker. I saw I saw it all. I, I worked I worked with it all. Um, and I needed some place to put that fencing energy that I just didn't have anywhere for it to go because you know I, I think about fencing all the time um, it's, a, it's a meme that gets in your head isn't it you're, you're damn fucking right you know what I mean <laughs> like like when I when I want it when I want to know how something works I cannot stop myself I have to I have to work it until I'm satisfied um, and you know since I didn't have that in that, that input of physical of physical fencing I, I went strictly almost to um, being in the international HEMA discord um, talking with Steve uh, and like all the other folks at, at PCFG and and uh, the PMAC uh, Philadelphia European martial arts collective group um, and mm -hmm. out of the blue Ian hit me up because uh, Ian had done a prior translation um, which uh, you know, myself and another fencer from the Boston Armitsari area, this, this lovely chap named uh, Steve Masseroni kind of inspired him to give a look at Vadi and then do a translation of it. Um, he wanted to do a second edition because he knew that there was stuff that he needed to go back and, and, and uh, repair. Right. And, and yeah, it's, it's never right. It's, it's never, it's never right with those kinds of things. And so he was like, yo man, uh, do you want to do, do you want do you want to help me with this do you want to help me like write like and explain all the shit and i was like you're fucking right i do <laughs> uh and so it was it was seven months of seven or eight months of me like um just writing whenever i had a whenever i had a free period i i tried to do the the stephen king goal of like 10 pages a day mm -hmm. um but that that never really panned out i got i got pretty close though i was i was doing pretty good if i don't say so myself um but a lot of those, a lot of those, uh, a lot of that process was, um, like my off nights where I was awake and my partner was asleep and, uh, I didn't have anything to do. So I would like brew myself a bunch of coffee, grab myself some Guinness and throw on some like nineties hits. I, I don't know why I was, I was in a nineties, I was in a nineties phase. So, so, so you're mixing up as and downers. Yes, and uh, I just fucking I just fucking banged it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, looking at the the end of the book here, there's also a, a translation of Pietro Monte's Spadone. Yes, which my understanding is that Spadone translates as big fucking sword. Uh, kind of, or does it just translate as sword? It, it's it's two handed sword, man. It's two handed no. sword. 
like like you could you could you could describe the you could describe the swords that Vadi uses as a spadone very easily. Like you have like that like you have like cuz cuz all the Italians say spada dumani the same way that like or or spadone the same yeah. way that that like the RDL fencers described it as like langsfoot that could be fucking a whole bunch of different things. <laughs> yeah. Um winding back a bit from the building the book process the you kind of posit that there might have been a connection between Monte and Fardi. Yes. Or an interplay. Um, I don't necessarily know about interplay. We don't have enough information to say that clearly, mm. but like um, Monte um, was, you can place him at the court of Urbino during the time that Vadi like submits like his work to, to, to the ducal court mm. there. Um, uh, through way of um, Baldassare, uh, Baldassare uh, Castiglione's book, the uh, the book of the courtier, which was mm. written, um, or which was collected and then published posthumously after he had passed, if I recall correctly. Um, but it takes place at Urbino during like this kind of time period, like only like a few years later, and like Monty is there just like chilling, um, being described as like the greatest man at arms that there is, yeah. you know, just like the Giga so, Chad of Italy. Yeah. So, so for our <laughs> listeners who don't know, Pietro Monte was the Giga Chad, the, <laughs> the Renaissance man. Um, he wrote a whole bunch of, of texts on how to fight, how to judge the personalities of the people that you are working with. Um, he's got some wrestling stuff. I seem to remember his, his one of his claims yes. fame was, uh, Leonardo da Vinci wanted to know about ballistics, so he asked him about chucking javelins about. Yeah, and uh, and his book goes into like pretty pretty great and uh, like painstaking detail about like different types of exercises and stuff, uh, along with um, uh, m- like modifications and different types of like discussions on the use of armor, how you are supposed to be armored. Like it's it's a lot. Monty wrote prolifically but all of his stuff was like um at least a lot of the stuff that we're talking about now was published after he had passed um but he did have a very popular book i can't remember the name of it because it was in latin um but it's all about like the humors and shit (laughs) yeah i've I've tried reading it a couple of times and yeah how phlegmatic are you feeling today I'm feeling a little bit more sanguine today, Mike. I gotta say, gotta say, um, don't don't need that leeches. Yeah, no, no, thank you. <laughs> um, all right, switching back around again. Um, so the first first half of the book, for the half that you poured all of your '90s hits into, is interpretations of Vardy, and. Yeah. I think in the last decade we've probably seen more straight up translations rather than interpretations being published for Hema. Do you think that's fair? I I would agree so yeah. Um how uh, tough questions time here on here with Paxman. How long do you think you'll stick with the interpretations in the book? <clears throat> that's a question I was continuously asking myself through the process of writing it. Um, and I, I think that anybody who is going to put out an interpretive work 
has to think about that while they are kind of like publishing something, you know. Um, and the the thing uh, the thing I always think to um, when when I think about that is kind of what Vadi writes in in part of his preface, and it's basically something along the lines of if anybody sees anything uh, deficient in my work um, or something is lacking to just add and remove to it freely. Um, and, you know, I, I really identified that a lot with kind of my method on how I and how I interpreted body. And I know that there are things that will change and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, 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 uh, to meet those when they, when they come across. Um, uh, but as as for how long, I, I I think I got a pretty decent working of things. But I'm always excited to be proven wrong and then change something afterwards. It's it's always it's always great to know that like the hunt is not over. <laughs> um, yeah, but, I, I sometimes think of humor as just like um, utterly pointless work for its own work which sounds like the most depressing thing ever but knowing that it's never going to be quite right is actually a lot of freedom i find agreed and and i i i you know i i find it i find it a very noble pursuit um you know being something that like we'll always just continuously keep on getting closer and closer to or or moving further away from hopefully not but it will happen um and being okay with that really really helps you really helps you set your set your boundaries and and oh give you fresh eyes when you're starting to feel a bit weary with shit um but yeah no i i i'm I'm pretty happy with everything that's in there um you know when when changes do eventually arise um people will know (laughs) (laughs) do and after you've published the book after it's out there you've been on the the book tour on various podcasts and YouTubes and things. What what are you planning on doing next? Are you taking a break? Are you working on a new project? Um. Well, you know, uh, hipster longsword is is something that I will be continuously doing until that is completed. Um, when that will be, I I don't think we have too many more things we got to cover. Um, in uh, in terms of that, uh, when I eventually do finish that. I will likely, at some point in the in the nebulous future, do something with Fiore, because um, I got to come for that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you know, for for right for the right now, I want to focus on fencing and then teaching uh, again because you know things have been shaken up since the pandemic, um, and and I just want to I just want to get back out there. <laughs> yeah. So events are opening back up in West Philadelphia. Um, we don't have any like set events, but like uh, we do the occasional inter- intermural tournament between myself and 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 Steve to the north and and crossings and uh, um, also just like teaching class again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, tra- traveling around to compete and, and like teach workshops and stuff like that. I that, that that's that's my current focus. Cool. Um, I've I've only got one question left on the the list here, and that if you had to choose between armored fencing and mounted fencing, that is between tin can and pony, which would you sell your kidney for? 
Um, I am already in the process of getting myself a harness. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I have I have arms and legs and gauntlets. I'm having a helm made for me currently. It should be finished within like the next month or two. Um, so I am already in the process of selling my kidney for that. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like for for me, you know, a lot of people kind of see uh, different ends and different pursuits within HEMA, and uh, part of that part of that process for me is to, is to get harness and, and fence and harness. Um, so that, that's, that's where, that's where my road is taking me. Awesome. Um, do you have any questions or anybody you'd like to shout out to? Um, oh, shit, man. Well, there, there's, there's so many people, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, off the top. Um, if, if, if you want more, uh, if you want more Vadi and you don't want to look at me, you don't want to you want to hear my hear my face. Go go listen to Jamie McKeever and and his blog that he has for for Vadi because it's fucking awesome. It's great. I, I I cannot I cannot express how much I enjoy Jamie's work enough. Um, let's see. Uh, if you if you want if you want to hear and listen to more of me, uh, go go check out my my channel, the Sinestra channel on on YouTube. Um, I also have a Facebook page, Connor Kim Calhemist, where I throw a bunch of like compilation of me fencing and shit on there. Um, please also check out uh, if you want just generally good fencing stuff, uh, the Bucks Historical Longsword uh, YouTube channel, uh, where myself and Steve made a, a bunch of videos of us doing sparring games um, that will greatly improve uh, your your time at your club uh, and will be a, a shit ton of fun. I promise. I swear. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. Also, listen to the rest of Fencing by the Book because it's fucking great. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. It's the best. Y'all, 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 y'all got me through the pandemic for a good portion <laughs> while I was like doing like my menial small work. I would listen to y'all. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, speaking of which, uh, Swords and Stereo podcast. Where the yeah. fuck's your content? Come on, guys, pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i've got a job w which is a, a loud noisy environment a lot of the time so i wear noise cancelling headphones and listen to podcasts and i miss those guys i've only listened to like an episode or two of theirs and i i, I enjoyed i enjoyed what i heard but um I, I need to get back on that um well thank you very much connor for joining us thanks for uh, having me mike yeah, cheers. Let's do this again sometime when you get into KDF. That will never happen. <laughs> never. All right. But I'll, cer I'll certainly be happy to hang out whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Cheers. And uh, to our listeners, thanks for listening. Regular uh, MS3227A content will be returning next week. Tweet. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye.